Transplants, The Miracle of Second Chances with Marcus Martinez, Chairman of National Foundation for Transplants. Join us as we sit down with Marcus Martinez, the inspiring National Foundation for Transplants Chairman. His journey, sparked by the tragic loss of his father awaiting a transplant, has fueled his dedication to changing lives through the National Foundation of Transplants. From joining the board in 2017 to being elected chairman in 2020, Marcus's commitment to the cause is unwavering. In this candid conversation, we explore his story, the impact of the National Foundation for Transplants, and the significant strides they are making to remove the financial burden of organ transplants. Don't miss out on this profoundly moving episode. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share with you a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Marcus Martinez is a decade-long experienced executive in the global transportation industry, where he has spent his 30-year career. He is a loving husband and father to five children, all incredibly active in sports and other interests. Marcus loves to travel with his family as much as possible, experiencing the world and adventure. He is an avid supporter of the National Foundation for Transplants and its causes, where he has served as chairman since 2020 and a board member since 2017. I am so pleased to help welcome to our stage today, Mr. Marcus Martinez. Thank Hi, you, Marcus. Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Good afternoon. So happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, it is truly an honor to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show to share all of the exciting things in the works in regards to the transplant world. Now, there are so many causes out there, but this one is very near and dear to your heart. But before we jump into that, let's get started by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you. Well, you hit it very well with a, a brief review of my bio, but essentially uh, I, I play hard, uh, I work hard. That's uh, always been my motto is to uh, do everything I can to support my family, uh, especially my children's opportunities that they have in front of them for their future. Uh, I, I want nothing more than their success, but also their happiness on that journey. Uh, and the way we go about doing that is, is exactly how you described. When you have a family of five, uh, you have to carve out time to, to be with family. I have not always done a great job of that in my career uh, for obvious reasons, uh, demanding roles, demanding times, demanding circumstances, uh, but uh, certainly dedicated to putting them in the best opportunity they, they can to succeed. And I'll also say that uh, a huge reason that I've been able to be as successful as I am in my career is not only how I was brought up, uh, but also the support of my loving wife. I could not be where I am today without what she has done for for myself and, and for our family in particular. 
to allow me the opportunity to go out and be successful in, 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 in the business world. Oh, my goodness. Well, it certainly is helpful when you have a whole crew of that many. And so I think that that's inspiring and incredible that you mentioned that. Uh, it is a huge, huge thing to have a supportive partner, to have supportive people surrounding you in general. And when we talk about family and being present for them, all in the midst of having this extremely professional career, executive status, there's a lot that comes with that too. So the work-life balance can be difficult to achieve, right? And it's this learning process. Now you had a 30-year career in that. And so I imagine that it took a little while to really get in the flow of keeping and maintaining a balance. It certainly did. I wouldn't even say I found it to this point, but uh, the first 22 and a half years of my 30 year career uh, for that global logistics giant that we mentioned uh, was working in the middle of the night. So not only uh, was was I working long hours, uh, I was working them off cycle to when everybody else was awake. So a lot of things that I missed early on, I'm trying to make up for now uh, as I've gotten older and normalized my schedule into kind of, you know, day hours. Uh, but there's still a lot to do. All, all five of our children are homeschooled. So a lot of their activities can take place during school hours where a lot of a lot of kids don't have that flexibility. So there's lots to do depending on the day here. Every day can feel like a Saturday. Every day can also feel like a Monday. I can appreciate why you appreciate your wife so very much if you homeschool means. five of those kiddos. My gosh. And but something I really she's the hero. Huh? I said she's the hero. She, she, well, you all are, yeah, she's a big hero. <laughs> no kidding. I've been there. I've done that. I know what it takes. So that's, that's really amazing. So something that I really appreciate though, what you said, Marcus, is you talked about you're, you're trying to catch up to be able to provide that for the kiddos and for the family, for your wife, you know, maintaining that beautiful, healthy relationship with your partner is very important too, right? You have to be, you know, loving and caring towards each other in order for that to exude out to the rest of the family members. But you said you're trying to catch up with that. But what I appreciate that about that is, is that you don't have this past idea of, you know, I, I should have, I could have, you are really looking into the future and the now and the present time of, you know, now that I have a little more time, I'm going to use the best of that. Yeah. And, and listen, I think looking backwards is important because you have to look at things that made you successful, things that made you grow, things that may have been opportunities to learn or failures. Uh, I've always believed in failing forward. So looking back is important, but you can't dwell in the rearview mirror. You have to take that snapshot of what it's worth. And there's a lot to learn from days past and years past. But you have to say, what can I do today that I didn't do a different day, a, a day previous? What can I do tomorrow that I didn't get to do today? And I think just taking that forward looking approach to make tomorrow better, today better, the day after that better uh, is a lesson in leadership that I learned a long time ago. It, it's similar with, with grudges, you know, and you, you get into the executive world, you get into big business, you get into management and leadership. Lots of things upset you. Lots of things. Uh, make you say pause about a relationship, um, let's say in the business world. But if you if you dwell on those and hold grudges, it's going to be very hard to move forward. So I've always taken that approach with grudges, taken that approach with learning from lessons in, in life past and just apply them to how you can be successful tomorrow. Well, that's an incredible way to look at it. And 
when we think of our overall health and our topic is about transplants and needing something that's life-saving immediately, but let's consider our overall health and well-being and what that looks like to really be living in that sort of mindset and have this different approach uh, to life and the way that we respond to things. Yeah, I mean, a healthy lifestyle says a lot about a transplant situation because in a lot of cases, uh, somebody feels healthy until some tragic event where they realize and, and through medical uh, procedures and analysis and testing, they find out they need an organ. Whatever organ that may be, we won't be specific on, on this example. But that, that can you imagine the news hearing you need a kidney, you need a liver, you need a heart, you need new lungs, uh, whatever the case is. And and it, we hope that that individual has the financial backing, the, the personal family network, the insurance coverage to be able to wade into that environment. But, but in many cases, uh, we find that people don't have that protection. Or if they do, as their health begins to deteriorate, as they're awaiting a transplant, they may not be able to work. They might have to go on disability. They might have to go on leave. They might have to use some of the resources that otherwise were kind of their nest egg. Uh, and that's where we come in. And, and, and that's our mission is to reduce or eliminate those financial barriers for our members, because there's a, there's, over 103,000 people waiting for a transplant in this country today. And we're going to touch wow. on a few numbers. And that, that's one of the ones I want to talk about is 103,000. And just let that sink in. 103,000 people diagnosed on a transplant list today. And mm. here's the unfortunate fact. On average, 17 of them die every single day in the United States. So what I'm hoping to accomplish today, April, and, and what we're hoping to accomplish through the growth of our organization is that number to get smaller. Less than 17 die every day, hopefully zero. That number of people on the transplant list to get smaller, certainly get below 100,000, get below 90,000, get below 80,000. We want the number of people needing a transplant to go down. And we want more people to be donors. We want more people to be financially supportive of our, of our effort. And we want more awareness. We want more follows, more likes more shares on all our social media platforms. Uh, we want to be as common of a name in the nonprofit world as, as some of the biggest and, and best organizations that you've ever heard of, because we have a unique mission. Now, there's not many people that support transplant uh, nonprofit fundraising, uh, let alone support it to the level that we do, regardless of organ. We're not specific. Uh, although we did start as the uh, liver transplant, liver, liver organ transplant fund in 1983 in Memphis, Tennessee, to support our first patient, and that's where it started was the, with the number one. Our first patient uh, was a young girl who needed a liver, and four wonderful women in the city of Memphis started this organization that later became National Foundation for Transplants in in 1998. Wow. Well, that's a that's a beautiful beginning and it's been a little bit. So, you know, for those of us who don't know as much about transplants, which I think is many, I mean, we go and to get our driver's license and they ask us if we want to be a donor, right? But when you're first addressed with that, it's like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean? What be a donor of what? And, you know, as I do personally know a lot, but for the audience, can you describe a little bit about what does it look like? What does it mean? What can be donated if needed and what kind of things are needed? Well, that's a great question. And, and let's start with the becoming a donor. Um, 
there's there's lots of things that need improvement with the transplant system in the U.S. But that that's one where we need more awareness. And then one of our goals this year and the years beyond is to become not only a fundraising mechanism for our members who need a transplant or could be the living donor who's willing to donate their kidney or a portion of their liver to a friend, a family member, or, or even in some cases, somebody they don't even know, but they matched on a list with. Uh, we want to bring awareness to we need more donors. And I remember signing that donor card uh, when I was 16. And I'll be honest with you, I, I did not sign it to be a donor at that young age. And, and if you think about most teenagers, uh, A, they're invincible in their own mind. And B, the last thing they want to think about is planning their potential end of life decision. It's uh, more which, it is. It is. I mean, uh, I don't like to think about dying today at my age, let alone what I thought about it at 16. Sure. But it's what it's what we leave behind us that that's important. We've all talked about material things. You can't take them with you. You hope to leave them to family members. But what you leave is your legacy and, and your legacy can be to your family. Your legacy potentially can also be to saving countless lives. Um, there, we, we could, we could get into the weeds of every single organ that can be harvested. Um, but obviously we'll stick with just the big ones, you know, hearts, lungs, kidneys, livers, uh, life changing, life-saving transplants occur, uh, daily. And as a matter of fact, kidney transplant life expectancy of five plus years is now at 85% average, uh, in the U S. So not only can you expect to live you can expect to live five plus years after a kidney transplant and the cost of doing so is enormous. So that's where we come in. We're, we're helping you with pre-transplant costs. We're helping you with the transplant costs and, and post-transplant costs, because once you have a transplant, uh, you are on autoimmune um, anti-rejection medications essentially for the rest of your life. And, and other, other health factors can come into play. Um, we, we talk about the transplant list. Uh, once somebody gets on it, they really have to take care of other things before they're eligible for a transplant. They have to make sure their oral uh, health is is very well. You know, somebody, if somebody needs a root canal, they need to get it before they get a transplant because their immune system may be too damaged afterwards. So there's a lot of expense that can come into uh, the fold, not to mention travel. It's not, you know, not every hospital in the country does transplants. Uh, so no matter where you live, you may have to travel a good few hours, you know, overnight. You may have to fly. People have travel expense. They have other other bills that they have to pay. Uh, and that's where the money that we raise over those 40 years that we've been in business comes into play. So that's one of the other numbers I want to talk about today is 40 years. We've, we've been doing this for 40 years. Started with that one young lady uh, and the four wonderful women who started the organization in 1983. Uh, we've raised $98 million through that 40-year history, which when you think about it, sounds impressive, April, but when you really dissect it over 40 years and think about how expensive uh, medical expense is related to a transplant, it's nowhere near what we need to have raised. Uh, so our mission now is to become as big as we possibly can become from a portfolio standpoint so that we can help more people. And the more people that we've helped is, to this point, 6,400 members we've helped successfully navigate the expense uh, of a transplant and and we just hope that that number continues to grow because we know this need is not going to go away mm. well marcus you bring in so many great perspectives of you know the process of this that people don't think about like the you know the health that you need to be in before you can you know take that transplant in 
you know, and the fact that you're going to need to be on medications afterwards for the body to really support something that's not its own. Right. And so there's all of these different things that really come into play that people don't really think about. And let's go back to the 16 year old getting their driver's license. You know, it can be a morbid thing. Nobody wants to think about that or, you know, like, no, I don't want you to take anything, you know, while I or after I pass or, you know, if I'm going to pass, how do you know, you know? And so it's a, it's a challenging concept to really uh, accept and to get on board with, especially when there's this idea that, and this fear that, you know, once we're gone, we're gone. And I think that we talk a lot about that on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's, just, it's a transfer of energy. We're proving this more and more with science. It's an incredible and beautiful thing. And I think what that does is to lessen the fear a little bit more because it's not an end all because it's just a transferring of energy. But while we're here in this physical plane, it certainly does help those of us who have an opportunity to continue moving forward to receive those transplants that is a gift from someone who is transferring over into the next dimension, right? And so I think that it's it's a beautiful thing what this foundation is doing. And Marcus, we're going to move into our first commercial. When we get back, I would love to hear a little bit more about the story that you have that got you involved in learning more about this in the first place. Stay tuned. Sounds great. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself it's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Marcus Martinez of the National Foundation for Transplants, the chairman. And we're on this incredible discussion of what transplants are, why they are needed, all of the different details that we don't always think about. And so, Marcus, you came on this journey of learning more because you have your own personal story that's near and dear. You would like to share a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, certainly. And I think it's a lot about what has made me the person I am today is uh, I, I touched on it earlier was the upbringing that I think I had very, very grounded, very family centric, uh, very cultural in the sense that my father's from Mexico, my mother's from Ireland and, and they met in Germany. Uh, my father was a veteran, retired from the army after 21 years and then went, went into business career after that. So luckily, uh, when my father found out he needed a transplant, you know, he had an outstanding job. Uh, not to mention, you know, veteran uh, benefits available to him uh, through the VA. So from a cost perspective, uh, he, he was in as good of a situation as you could possibly hope to be in. Unfortunately, he got too sick before an organ match uh, was made for him, and he passed at the young age of 55 uh, in ICU, uh, and I was at the young age uh, of 23. Um, so I cherished my 23 years I got with my father, uh, but certainly uh, did not get you know, what you would expect to get. And that is into, you know, well into your adult life before you lose a parent. Uh, I wasn't uh, two wonderful sisters, but I was the only boy. So my father and I had that special father son relationship that, that a lot of only, only boys have had with their dad. So not only uh, was dad, but he was my friend. Uh, he was my mentor and, and he was, you know, he was a buddy of mine that I lost uh, way too early. Uh, he did not get to walk either of his daughters down the aisle. He did not get to ever meet a spouse. Uh, he did not ever get to uh, hold a grandchild or, or experience any of those things. Uh, and you think about the things that could have changed that outcome. And, and certainly uh, one of those things would have been more willing and certified donors that could have made a possible match become available to him sooner. Uh, so one of the things that we're really focused on this year and beyond April is raising advocacy for transplants in this country. Uh, I think you can think of a few uh, special things. Cancer is a great example. There's there's tons of support and awareness around cancer. Um, there's tons in support of awareness around transplants, but not to the degree of, of cancer or some other uh, cri critical illnesses. We're, we're trying to change that. Uh, we want the advocacy built into what we do. And, and our focus has always been over those 40 years uh, is to be an expert at what we do and how we support our members. Uh, it's also certainly to raise as much money as we can so that we can help more members. I, I mentioned the 6,400 we've helped to date. Uh, I'd love for that number to, to grow on an even more of aggressive timeline in, in the years to come. But we're also pivoting a little bit. And that is to focus on programs that help our members beyond the medical expense reimbursement um, and, and to put us in a position to be even a better advocate. Uh, for example, we've been partnering recently with, uh, with some clinical, clinical trials that, if successful and prove to be worthy in a few years, could change uh, the post-transplant uh, pharmaceutical situation that patients have to go through. So we think that's significantly important. Uh, to not only lower expense, but hopefully stay alive uh, a situation where if somebody's on drugs for a lifetime after a transplant, uh, you know, there's there's other factors and other side effects that come from that. Yeah. So if we can lessen the need for people uh, through through advancements in science and technology, uh, if we can lessen the need for people to have to be on uh, post-transplant medications for the for their eternity, then certainly that makes a big difference as well. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, you know, the family and you talked about the evolution uh, of, of life. Uh, what what more legacy could anybody ever hope for than being on in anybody else's body? Um, think of how every person in this world feels when they lose a loved one. 
And if we can save that feeling for one family at a time, um, uh, it's 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 countless moments that we can live on. You know, another selfie with your daughter, another opportunity to play, opportunity to meet a grandchild, uh, another opportunity to to mentor somebody, whether it's a family member or not. Uh, every day in life is is a cherishable event, and if, if we can help make more days available to our members, future members, then that's significant. And it's. It is. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do today was to tug at people's heartstrings and, and hopefully we're doing that a little bit because it is, it's life or death. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus, you know, one of the things that you mentioned about what the foundation is doing is that it's, it's not, it's branching out into the sciences. And so the funds are going to that. Those are things that uh, really make a difference for me when I'm considering where I want to donate, where I want to put my energy, time, finances into something, into causes. And so that's a big deal for me personally is whether or not they're, how they have that innovative aspect of them. Are they advancing with the times? And you also touched about how you want to be seen. You want the exposure. You want the awareness. And you mentioned, you know, to have more social media impact. And that is such a key element, right? When we consider business in general, it has to be seen on social media in order, because that's the day and age. It's the day in the world that we live in. And so I think that that's a, a very wise thing to ask people to, to follow you on social media, to follow the National Foundation for Transplants. Yeah, by all means. One of our missions uh, over the last year, especially, and, and certainly today and going forward, is to raise our social media aware, uh, level. Uh, we are national by name, National Foundation for Transplants. We are national by touch. We have members that we have supported and continue to support. But I wouldn't say we're national by prominence. Not everybody knows uh, NFT if they hear it and knows that that's National Foundation for Transplants. Not everybody knows what we do. There, there's a few nonprofits that most people can think of off the top of their head that if you see their logo or hear their name, you know exactly what they do. And we want that to be the case with us in the coming years. So again, this is a great uh, jumping off point to be able to get to some new listeners, get to some new people, tug at their heartstrings, and hopefully they come follow us at Facebook. They come follow us at LinkedIn. They come follow us at Instagram. And then with those followers, we want you to be active, you know. Uh, hit the like button, share it, send it to somebody that you love. And, and by all means, uh, donate if you're able to donate. Uh, we, we've always firmly believed that we need a lot of money to do what we do. Uh, and we don't care if that comes from a, a large donor, one check, or a million people a dollar at a time. Uh, we want people to be able to give what they can afford to give, but we also want it to be meaningful. And, and what what more meaningful thing that we can pull at somebody's wallet and their heartstrings with than to help save a life by making the financial burdens of a transplant hopefully go away for our members. Wow. Marcus, I have a, a question because I don't know a lot. So I would love to know if you if you have an idea of, but considering all of the, the things with science and new developments and technology, you know, we hear a little bit in the news every now and again about duplicating things like organs. Is the, the NFT involved in that in any way? 
Not not today. We're, we're certainly focused on what we've talked about, and that is uh, the mission to help our members, uh, the, the people that have signed up with NFT to raise funds uh, and to be eligible for expense reimbursement uh, of, of whether it's travel or lodging or house modifications because of a transplant and certainly the procedure and the medications themselves. We've been very singularly focused on providing that financial aid for as many people as we possibly can. What we've touched on, though, is uh, our, our desire over the last year plus and, and certainly moving forward to be more active in the transplant space. And that is from an advocacy perspective. It's from other support programs that we hope to build that are currently under development. So I can't share details about which programs we're going to launch with, but certainly advocacy. Uh, we talked about the clinical trials that we're partnering with. Uh, if we can help. Um, it help put our members in contact with any organization that can help them down the road and help other members down the road with possible uh, re less reliance on pharmaceuticals post-transplant, then that's that's a win-win for everybody involved. But what we are also trying to do is, is be the best and the brightest uh, resource for our members and future members that have questions about what is, what is this transplant journey going to be like? There's not a lot out that out there today. We certainly provide some of it, but we're trying and desiring to provide even more of it. And all those programs take funds. All those programs take awareness. They take time to develop. They take time to execute. They take a team that I can tell you our NFT team is is firsthand, bar none, uh, at the top of the list in terms of nonprofit, uh, well-run organizations. We have an outstanding staff, a very small and nimble staff because managing expense is very important to a nonprofit. We want as many dollars as we can possibly raise to go to our mission. Um, and, and, but the, the touch that you've made on is either uh, human generated organs, or in some cases you've heard of even, you know, pig hearts uh, being used. We support all of that uh, on the surface. Uh, if, if it can help save a life, it does not have to be uh, a traditional organ that's harvested from a living donor or, or from a deceased uh, donor. But anybody who gets a life-saving transplant and can prolong that life and lead to those other moments that they wouldn't have had otherwise that we talked about earlier, uh, we, we're 100% behind it. I think that's really beautiful. You know, like you said, it's whatever is going to prolong and, and give that life for uh, them to experience what it is to be here and along with their loved ones and to just fulfill that. And so I think that's really great. And I love that you touched on your small but mighty group. You know, when we talk about nonprofits, it can be difficult to maintain those, right? Because your budget is only based on the donations that are received and having an incredible team to really make the biggest impact and also to to keep the company forward moving is a big deal. And so I think I can see the excitement of you when you talk about the team, that it really is a great one. So that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about if people want to get involved and learn more, what are the best ways that they can do that? Well, a few things. Uh, I, I put on the screen, thanks to your support, our email address. It's up there right now, info at transplants.org. Uh, if you would like to learn more or want to be able to help, certainly reach out to our team that way. We have multiple avenues. Again, we want everybody to follow us on social media. You'll start to hear some of our stories. We'll showcase our members' stories, so they'll be the personal touch that we put out there. But the other way you can do some help 
is, and let me find the right piece of paper here so I can make sure I reference the notes. Uh, we certainly need donations. Uh, there's no qualms about it. A nonprofit agency needs donations. Uh, it does not mean I'm asking you specifically uh, as a listener for your money, but by liking us, by sharing our story, you're going to help expose us to, to to new people and hopefully tug at somebody's heartstrings that they'll donate a dollar, ten dollars, twenty dollars, uh, or a lot more if they're if they're able or willing as well. But you can so you can become a fundraiser. You can help do a fundraiser on social media. You can work with us to do a fundraiser. Uh, you can see if your company that you work for would be willing to become a corporate partner. Uh, a lot of companies do company match for employee donations, and they match up to a certain amount. We're always are open to those opportunities. We're also open to grants from companies that that are willing to just make a grant and support and help get behind uh, a cause uh, such as ours. Uh, you can become an ambassador for our organization. More of that can be found uh, by emailing that uh, email address that I gave earlier. And then a volunteer, certainly. Uh, you do not have to be local to Memphis, Tennessee. As a matter of fact, most of our recent staff hires have been remote. Uh, and our desire is to have a presence all over the country as opposed to the traditional sense of, of having everybody housed at an at a, at a, at a office in one location. So if you have a skill or a talent uh, that you would like to volunteer to help us, we're, we're looking for the best and the brightest in social media, public relations, marketing, fundraising, uh, medical advocacy. You could be a pharmaceutical person or a, or a, or a, or a medical professional. Any number of skills, uh, including IT, we're always looking for volunteers to help uh, help us control those costs that you talked about, but also accomplish tasks and and let somebody contribute to uh, an organization such as ours. There are many, many ways, aren't there? I mean, I mean, the sky's the Countless. limit, right? Countless. <laughs> it's it uh, when you're when you're after doing incredible and great things in the world, it certainly does take a village. And so, thank you so much, Marcus, for sharing all of these different ways to be able to contact and to be a part of. I like that you mentioned that people get to share their stories. I mean, that's one of the most impactful things. And that said, Marcus, do you have a couple of incredible moving success stories? I know you mentioned the first one with a woman, but during your tenure so far, what kind of things have you seen that are very moving uh, with the impact of this foundation? Yeah, countless, April. I wish I could focus or highlight a couple. Um, my, my mind is not drawing me to a specific example right now, even though my team certainly gave me a few of them uh, recently. I, I will say this. Um, we have helped, uh, like I said, 6,400 members to date and counting. We add members every single day. Uh, and our focus is to generate funds to be able to continue to help them and many, 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 many more. Uh, the examples that I gave earlier. Uh, really hold true to what we try to do, and that is to create memories that wouldn't have existed if we weren't here to help, or if a match wasn't found for uh, for one of our members or any or anybody needing a transplant. What I'm hoping to accomplish today is just pull enough heartstrings to to raise interest in, in our cause, uh, raise interest in our organization. Like I said, get the extra followers, get the likes, the shares, the donations. If anybody's willing to make those donations, and really. Remember a couple of those numbers we talked about earlier. It started with one, one young girl who needed a liver and four wonderful women who built this organization. And in that time, we've since raised $98 million, helped over 6,400 people and are trying to become a force in the nonprofit world to, to be an advocate and, and, and even more 
uh, fundraising in, in the years ahead to help countless, hopefully countless, uh, many more individuals uh, add to those opportunities to create memories with their families and loved ones. Marcus, I can't recall if you mentioned, but did uh, did you mention the numbers of uh, requests that come in to the foundation that are in need for the financial support and uh, more information because they have a loved one that's in need? Yeah, I, I don't have the numbers of how many requests we get. We we certainly sign up people like I, like I mentioned every single day. Um, our, our mission is to not only become the nonprofit of choice, the nonprofit uh, that you, you hear when you hear our name, you know what we do. Uh, even within the transplant industry, we're trying to continue to establish and improve and build upon the relationships we have with the transplant centers across the country. Because what they're the ones, along with the medical professional uh, in, in the fields who diagnose the patient to say, ma'am, sir, you need this organ. And, and inevitably, that person's next question is, what do I do now? And if the answer is they need financial assistance or they need to learn more, we want those transplant centers to say, reach out to NFT, reach out to National Foundation for Transplants. Not only are they, they the best in the business, they are who will help you along this journey. Um, yeah. and, and that's the role we're trying to fill. And we're trying to fill it as to, to the best of our possible ability. That said, Marcus, when when we talk about the team with the foundation, are are some of these people gifted in really holding that compassionate space for these families? I mean, this is a time in their life where it is extraordinarily difficult. It's uh, it has emotional impacts not only for the person but their family members, and so it's you know it's it's interesting right because something a big whammy happens in life and so you need the finances in order to improve that situation if possible and not only that because it's so emotionally impacting uh it it tends to trickle off into how we receive our finances right and and so because you know it, it's difficult to move forward in life it's difficult to perform in our jobs so the financial impact can be great now um, you know coming from law enforcement I, I worked alongside victims advocate oftentimes you are dealing with people who are going through difficult time periods and so it, it does make a difference when you have somebody who really knows how to hold that compassionate space. Yeah, uh, listen, you, I couldn't have said that better. And I think one of the core uh, skills that we look for in our people who particularly work in our member services team, which is essentially patient services, right? But they're not our patient. They're a patient. They're a member or a constituent of our organization. Uh, and that is empathy. Um, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of unknowns. The financial barriers are on top of all the emotional and social and life family events that are going to occur when you find out you need a transplant. A lot has to be done, uh, like we talked about, before you're even eligible to get on a list. You have to make sure you're healthy. You have to make sure you have the financial situation to handle the cost of the uh, of the procedure and the, and the post-procedure expenses. We're here to help navigate that. And, and we talked about the advocacy and the plans that we have to develop additional programs. A lot of those programs that we're hoping to develop are around the member services opportunities, the not not only the financial support that we're focused on, but also providing them with a a network and a family of people to talk to, whether they're within our organization or former transplant recipients, could be the same organ, 
organ, could be a different organ. We're trying to create a network and a family uh, environment so that members that join this organization, because they have to, uh, are, are treated like every moment in their life they want to be treated like, and that is respected, encouraged, uh, and with empathy. That's beautiful. And, and so, so very important. So what you're saying is you really do create this, this space for people and their families and you hold their hand along the entire journey, because like you said, this is a process. It's a preparation. It's a preparation beforehand, during and after it's almost this lifetime of, of processing in all of this. And so I think it's really great that you have an incredible team, the National Foundation for Transplants. I want to be sure that I bring in this comment. Uh, Manly says, I know the T in NFT stands for transplant. I also want to add, I believe it offers tomorrow. What an incredible organization. Hey, Manly, I love it. And uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. The, the T could be many, many things. And I think that that's an excellent way. Transplant opportunity leads to today and tomorrow. Uh, I don't, there's something there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Marcus, you have brought so much insight to the Wellness Driven Life show around this topic. And so we're going to go through and rehash all of the ways to learn more. We have it displayed on the screen. We have a few times throughout this presentation. And for those of you with listening ears, we're gonna go ahead and say it out loud. We can email at info transplants.org to find out more information and ask the questions that you may have regarding the National Foundation for Transplants. Again, that's email, or excuse me, it's to email at info at transplants.org. And if you can't hear my tongue tied, answer for that. It's always going to be in the description below. We also have the website at www.transplants.org. Easy peasy, www.transplants.org. And to give right now, if this has touched your heart and you know that it's an incredible cause and you've learned about all of the things that the National Foundation for Transplants has done here on the Wellness Driven Life Show, you can go to www.give.transplants.org dot org. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiration, your wisdom, Marcus here on the Wellness Driven Life Show for being open and vulnerable with your own story and the passion behind this cause. April, thank you for the few minutes we were able to spend together and allowing me to not only showcase what we do, but what we're hoping to do. Um, and the T is for tomorrow. I firmly believe that. So thank you very much. <laughs> I love that. You are welcome. It's been an honor. And thank, thank you. you so much for all of you for tuning in. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. Please be sure to check out all of our guests' information, our foundation's information in the description below. Goodbye for now, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.